What is going on, folks? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast, episode number 163. Hope everyone is doing well. I'm joined by my my good buddy and co-host here, Mr. Andy Full. What's going on, dude? Wearing the hockey jersey of the team that we were supposed to have last year in honor of the NHL coming back at the beginning of <laughs> January. So, yes, it says Yager Bombs, and it is the greatest logo ever put together in the history of man. Be jealous. Can you get, try to get a little closer for the folks. I mean, because look, look at the Yager hair on the deer with the hockey sticks. Like, that's incredible. That the best jersey you've ever seen. <laughs> and then COVID ruined our entire bar league season. So we ordered the jerseys, had it all lined up. We were going to play at Harbor Center, which is where the Buffalo Sabres practice. And yeah, COVID struck. Oh man, dude! I remember because yeah. playing, playing youth hockey as a kid, we traveled to I don't know if Harbor Center is that still in Amherst. No, Harbor Center is right downtown, across the street from the link. You probably played at Pepsi Center. Pepsi right Center across from UB. Yeah, yeah, we played there, and like I remember one of our games, we played against uh, Depew. And then we got off, and like I was going to my locker room, and I'm like, "There's these massive dudes in blue and white and yellow jerseys." And I look up, and, and Ryan Miller staring down at me. I'm like, "You're Ryan Miller." <laughs> like, yeah, they used to practice there. Yeah, like a half yeah. hour from the rink. Like we got to know. Like my brother has like uh, he used to play too, and he has a goalie glove with all this, the. I think it was, I want to say the 12 to 13 uh, Sabres that, that year, 12 year 12 2013. He has all their signatures all over his goalie glove. Ryan Miller, Talisa, so cool. Drury, Briere, like the the last year that they were good. <laughs> that was like 2008. Oh, was it? Yeah, Drury and Briere left in 2008. I'm gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to, after this. I'm gonna have to get my timeline corrected and figure out when that was because I know they were definitely there. So maybe it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was longer than I thought. I think it was 06, 07 was when the Sabers were less good. Like when they almost went to the cup finals and they lost to the Senators. Yeah, it was 06, 07. So uh, Briere and Drury left at the end of the 06, 07 season. All right. Man, that's so long ago. Oh, my gosh. It's been a, it's been a sad 13 years for the Sabres <laughs> franchise. <laughs> it's <been> horrible. <laughs> yeah. So it is what it is. But so yeah, we're going, we're getting away from uh, the Northern talk here tonight because uh, we're having on Mr. Tyler Revet, I, I always thought it was Revet, but uh, he corrected me offline here. It is Revet, and uh, we're going to be getting on to talk about his first year. Or not his, excuse me, not his first. I think year. it's his, his third. past season. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I meant to, I meant to say this past season. We're going to talk about that, and then we're also going to talk about what it's like, you know, living healthy while on the road as a pro, because uh, you know these guys have so, not like when they're on the road, like. There's a lot of preparation. There's a lot of practice, pre-practice. You know, there's a lot of time that they have to put into being at that level. So it's like, how do you designate time to staying healthy, eating right, working out? And I think this guy's the perfect guy to talk to you about that. And I think, in contrary too, I think we should ask him his favorite fast food to eat, <laughs> just because of any the sweet food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like it. We'll definitely have to ask him that. But we're gonna get him on here in a second. But uh, a quick message from Hobie, and we'll have on Tyler.
All right, we are back, and we are joined by Tyler himself. What is going on, dude? How's it going? What's up? Not much, man. How's your day been? What's the off season like for you? Um, it's it's uh it's stressful because it ended so late, and uh, we had to rush everything. I mean, we ended in November, and a lot of, for instance, like a lot of sponsors and stuff do all their uh, marketing and stuff in November, December for the next year, and uh, it's tough because a lot of people already filled their stuff up and. Uh, it's just the but um, I'm doing it, I'm just trying to get ready for next year and uh, just unwrap my boat today and kind of lead on that. But, uh, trying to sell <laughs> that and hunting, doing a lot of deer hunting in between. Actually, let's see, I just like on the commercial, I just got my uh, message with this, you know, spy point cameras and stuff. Yeah, oh, uh, I've been this deer. For like ever now, and he showed up at five thirty today. Oh man, I, I hate That's these big again. Oh man, it's, I've been hunting him for over two months now since bow season, and I can't get him. And he shows up today at shooting hours, so that's about right. But that's how my luck goes. <laughs> hey, at least he's showing up. I mean, he he could be the you know the neighbor's dinner tonight. Uh, don't say that. Before we, uh, before we get too deep in the podcast, uh, we want to learn, you know, a little bit about you, you know, your history, obviously you said you're into hunting, you're uh, into saltwater fishing and obviously you're on the elite series. So you're into freshwater fishing as well, but you know, talk to us how you got into fishing in the first place, you know, that first time you went bass fishing as well. And you know, who kind of installed that passion in you? Uh, I guess it was my family, like my grandpa. I used to go with him a lot. We lived around the water. All down here, it's just bayous and stuff all around you. So, I mean, you could go in your front yard or backyard. You could launch a boat in the bayou and go fishing. So, uh, I guess that's who kind of really started me. With my first fish, I'd say I caught it with him. And then uh, I just kind of went from there, just fishing through high school. Not on the high school teams or anything, just getting out of school or even through middle school. I'd go by myself in a little bitty boat and uh go fish and i got high school i started doing some tournament fishing around here getting to local clubs and i just really loved it and uh my senior year of high school i, I really went to i kind of started watching elite series a lot and I'm like, man that'd be awesome be living the dream doing that so uh my next few my next year i went to college at nickel state university down here and i started the bass team and from there just it was just a, a huge spike and a incline for it. It was pretty awesome that uh uh like every year I made it to the championship for Bassmaster for college and uh it definitely helped I have to say like it, for everybody watching and for anybody that's thinking about going pro that you have you don't have to but uh it helps like almost a hundred percent if you fish in college just because like you you basically fishing around the country on I would say the the college don but on sponsors that help you and uh it's cheaper through college because you ain't got to pay 45,000 in entry fees so uh <laughs> you, it, you definitely get to learn around like we fished in oklahoma uh wisconsin and up there and uh all, all over alabama is it i definitely learned a lot so uh i have to get into college fishing for sure but now uh, i fished the opens i think uh my last year in college i fished the opens and then making that year in the second year maybe so so now Nice man. Well, congratulations again. And was it one try for you? Was it only two thousand? I think you said two. Two. Was it two tries. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Pretty sure. I yeah. That's, I mean, 
There's guys. I mean, I'd say that's fairly quick for what uh, the majority of, of folks trying to make it through the opens takes. I mean, that's something to be proud of. And I mean, yes. yeah, we're going to get into your past season here before we do. I'm, I'm just generally curious you now growing up in Louisiana as a, as a bass fisherman and also saltwater. I mean, how much time were you designating to either? I mean, are, were you designating most time to freshwater going for bass or were oh, you mixing yeah. it up all the time? Um, no, actually like I, I go, May, June, a little bit of July for uh, redfish. And uh, we do a lot of offshore fishing too as well. So uh, we'll do that in the summer months. And, uh, it's, it's fun. I used to guide offshore, well, deckhand offshore for the most part uh, for five years. And that was that was rough. You'd come in from an overnight or tuna fishing and go back on an overnight or the next day. It was, it was sort of the same day. So it, it wore me out too, especially my back and stuff. It didn't help out with that. I got like two ruptured discs. Or one of the So, uh, I mean, I guess that helps. Too young for that, man. Oh, I know. <laughs> it, it sucks, man. Especially fishing all day. But, uh, but for the most part, it's just around that time April, May, June, July, you're red fishing. And then, uh, the whole year after that, it's more like bass. And, uh, we call them sockele, which I'll call a crappie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. Well, we call them right. sockele. French. It's actually French for a uh, sack of milk. Huh. Because the meat's so white. Interesting. Yeah, S-A-C dash A dash L-A-I-T. Huh. I've never heard that reference like that. Have you, Andy? Me? No. Interesting. <laughs> Everywhere we go, I'm actually, I'm catching some sack and they're like, what? <laughs> we got the coffee. All right. <laughs> Interesting. That's so interesting. Well, yeah, that's mainly what I'm doing right now. Deer hunting, uh, talking about fishing. I hear so, that. Now well, that he shoots up, I'll probably head back tomorrow. I'm going to shoot him. <laughs> well, I hope you do, man. Dennis I hope he's there. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. But, dude, so growing up in Louisiana, too, sorry to cut you off, Andy, but real quick here, I mean, like, when you were bass fishing, though, what was usually on deck, like, bait-wise? What, what were you? What was your confidence growing up? Hmm. I'd say uh, uh, it was a Zoom uh, baby brush hog watermelon candy mm. and a, uh, a white chartreuse hog. It's a uh, oh, I heard of hog Yeah, but yeah, that's what it was. Just one, of, just those two things, just flipping, and uh, I don't even know. Maybe a couple frogs, but yeah, that was it. June bug, too. June bug's a bee frog. You can't do that out here in the black water. <laughs> That sounds pretty, pretty, pretty classic. A staple for for South of June Bug. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my favorite color right now. Heck yeah, mm-hmm. Andy. Oh, I was gonna say. So, what part of Louisiana are you actually in, Tyler? I'm about forty five minutes south of New Orleans. Okay. So uh, you didn't get the hurricanes too bad that the western part of the state got then. No, uh, we those missed us. Pretty uh, luckily, like right on the edge of it. But uh, we had one kind of pass right over it, but it wasn't that bad. It was only category two. Uh, I mean, it was all right. <laughs> we, we get them We use them. I guess just like you have to get to know with stuff up there and all that fun stuff. Yeah. We have a, a question on here from, from Warren Beard. And uh, this is actually a question that we were going to ask you later in the show, but now that the you know the folks have asked it, I figured we would 
we would bring it up and it kind of go coincides with what I asked you already is like your confidence growing up. But, but now as an elite angler, obviously you have a lot of more experience under your belt. You know, if you were to, to, to put, you know, one example of a, of your strength as an angler and one example of a, your weakness, a weakness as an angler, what would you kind of say for each of those? Um, my strength, I'd say it's obviously shallow water, chatterbait fishing and punching. Um, just because I've done it down here so much, you know, and uh, I, like I said, like I never used to do that. And, uh, I kind of grew into it here and like one of the first ones to start punching and throwing chatterbaits down here when he came out. And uh, yeah, you would win tournaments left and right just because nobody else was doing it, especially with punching. Uh, I love punching and uh, it's just one of those bites. I, I could catch them in my sleep if I had it. And, uh it's a big fish bite, you know, it's just everywhere. Anywhere you punch it, you're going to catch a keeper probably if you set in the hook, if you get them in the boat. So uh, that that's my strength for sure. And shallow, like frog fishing too. And uh, my weakness, I'd say, which sucks to say, is like I'd say smallmouth because every every smallmouth tournament, I just I screw up and, like, I just can't catch them for the tournament. I catch them for practice, like messing around and catch, like, for instance, at the St. Lawrence, I had, like, the Wednesday, the day before the tournament, by uh, 8.30 in the morning, I had like 27, 28 pounds of smallmouth. And, oh, it was it was crazy. I was like, oh, this is it. Like, oh, I knew I was probably going to get a win, but I was confident I could catch him. And then the tournament day, like 15 minutes, I had like 15 pounds. I'm like, oh, yeah, and then that was it. I couldn't catch anything left the tournament. So I just I just can't. My, I guess that would be uh, my weakness, and I, I think adjusting. That's what I keep saying every year. It's like if your fish aren't there or something, I, I still can't figure it out. I mean, even like being professional, they're like, oh, you're pro, like what to do. I'm like, honestly, dude, I, I don't know. Like, like <laughs> you just do it. Like, for instance, uh, the, this year, actually, my worst practices were my best tournaments. So, you hear I, it's funny how you hear that a lot. Like, I feel like. Yeah. That's like a common denominator almost. Like uh, people who have horrible practices, they end up doing really good in tournaments, which is awesome. Like it, it, it sucks, but like, do you not practice for a hundred thousand dollar tournament and for the classic? Like, because it's you have to go practice, you got to sit there all day and all like all day. I mean, you can't not, it's the elite series, you know, you got to be on the water, but uh. No, that's what I don't get. It's like, especially like sometimes like the first day of practice. Like I don't know, like for tournaments for y'all, like y'all first day of practice, y'all in a new place, and y'all normally like catch them. Mm -hmm. That's how it is for us. Like or for me, like I to catch them sometimes, and like you just stumble on twenty, twenty-five pounds or something weird like that. You're like, wow, what if I'd have just never practiced and just did this? But I, I still don't know. I think that's my weakness is uh, adjusting like that, just mid-tournament. Because it's, it's hard to put down a pattern and you really call them and go do mm -hmm. something totally different. Especially yeah. with like three days of practice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. so for those two years that you tried to get in the Opens, through the Opens, into the Elites, how much would you say you practice on average? I actually, would you I would a three-dayer or would you practice a whole yeah. week? I, I would normally, for the most part, the last year that I did qualify, I'd only do like three days because – I actually went and talked to a high school the other day, and like, that's what I tell them. Like, you can't practice too much because then you're going to start running around everywhere. Like, they got some of the guys in the open, they'll sit there a week, a week and a half practicing. 
And it's just like, it's on, you don't need it, you know? Like, you need, I think, three days is back, maybe two, some places. But like two days, you could go and so it's where you could, you could find a group of fish and just sit on that area, you know, instead of running from point A to point B, that's 30, 40 miles in between because you practice for a week and you found them in totally different ends. And uh, I think, I think the least amount of practice is somewhat better just so you can get a feel for it and then you can run that pattern everywhere if you need to. Mm-hmm. But right. that's what I learned from the, the opens is just trying to, to stick it out. I kind of like to stick it out instead of running all over, running and gunning, you know? Right. I think that helps. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you hear a lot of guys who you get up on stage and they put in a, you know, they're, whether they're top 10 or not, and they always have the cliche line, like, you know, I really didn't have that good of a practice. Cause you hear mm-hmm. that all the time. And I feel right. like it's because in practice, you're really not putting a hundred percent into trying to catch fish. You're really, yeah. you're in search mode where it's like, you know, there might be guys that say they have a bad practice, but that's because they didn't put a lot of fish in the boat, but they might've found a lot of fish. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess, I guess it depends on who the person is. I mean, I, yeah, that's another thing. You can't believe all that doc talk, especially if it's <laughs> They always, oh man, I'm not catching them. Come in with like 26 pounds, 25 pounds. Like, they weren't catching them. But uh, when their their way of saying they're not catching them is they didn't set the hook. So they, they might have said they only caught one or two fish, but they shook off 20. <laughs> so they can tell you about the one they shook off. They just don't want you following them on term of day. <laughs> oh, yeah. Behind me. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't do that. Uh, they got a few that do that, but uh, it, it, I mean, it's sad. But it happens. I, I just, yeah, especially like if somebody's fishing in the area, I'll kind of, well, I'll let them. If they want to come in on me, that's fine. You know, just because I know I'm, if they were there, no more. But, yeah, it, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's different than the elite series. They, they catch. Hey, there's all you always got to say, hey, no matter how bad it is, somebody's catching right. That's any right. Yeah. right. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, Zeb Matthews in the comments, uh, going back to you talking about the chatterbait, he was curious what rod and line setup you use. And this is a, this is a probably a, from the What's fans, that? probably our most common or popular question. And I think because Andrew and I, Bailey's I, biggest debate. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew and I fight about this all the time. <laughs> Did you ask a question because you cut out just now? You said. Oh, my bad. Yeah, our, a question was from, from Zeb Matthews in the comment section. He asked you what uh, your preferred chatterbait rod and line setup is. I go, my favorite for, uh, because a lot of times when I'm throwing a chatterbait, it's it's over grass and uh, just like kind of scattered grass. So I use like a 7.6 uh, medium heavy. Uh, Lakin series by six gill, and I use like a seven to one, or sometimes a six to three grade, and uh, I I put twenty pound test on that floor just because you can use twenty pound, you know, it's a chatter big. They're not going to be looking at the line, and you know, sometimes it's around a thick grass. You got to get it out of the air or like stumps and stuff, like Santee Cooper. That was, that was that was a pain trying to get fish around in cypress trees, so. And I suck at skipping. That's one of my, I guess the other thing that, like, I suck at is skipping. Uh, really? I'm actually supposed to be going up uh, fish with a uh, oh, there at Norman with all the docs just to try to learn how to skip because 
I, I can't skip worth the crap. <laughs> Especially around the cypress trees. I skip one hit and it goes straight five foot in the tree. And I lose five or six chatterbaits a day. So. Oh. But, no, chatterbait is my favorite. That's a fun bike, especially like Raven or something. Oh man! But yeah, yeah. That, that six heavy, or if uh, if you do have to skip, you got to use like that six ten or something like medium heavy, just something short with a flimsy tip. Right. Skipping it good, I guess. But don't ask me, I'm not a skipper. <laughs> Here, here's, do you have a flat like surface anywhere around your yard, like a driveway that's flat concrete? Uh huh. Yeah. What, the way I learned how to skip is I stood up on a five-gallon bucket or two of them, and I literally put, like, 25-pound mono on my reel. And I just sat there and roll cast it across my driveway, skipping a piece of crap really? jig or chatterbait until I stopped backlashing. I have to try that because I'll try anything at this point. <laughs> I remember one time I was on camera for uh, the Bass Opens for uh, the championship at Table Rock. And uh, I had one dock where I was catching them. I had that camera in the boat, and I hit this dock like eight or nine times before I even got the bait in there. And it was a big old aluminum dock, so it was like, you're <laughs> <laughs> ringing the dinner bell. That's all. Dude, you're just, you're just yeah, waking yeah. them up. That's fine. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm <the> eat <laughs> I, I didn't get a bite from that dock for some reason. I don't know why. But, yeah, I no, think the big. The biggest advice I ever got from skipping is just don't even think about it. Because once you think oh. about it, you're going to backlash. Oh, yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah, that's, that's me. So I start thinking, oh, my God, skip under that tree or under that dock. And I'm like, that's perfect. I'll hit like eight foot to the left. Wow. Mm. But, yeah, I'm going to have to try that. Heck yeah. Or even just like um, just build like a little block, like out of four by fours, like double stack them high. So it's like eight inches high. So it's kind of almost like equivalent yeah. to the bow of the boat out of water. Uh -huh. Yeah, I have to yeah. do that. All right. It Everyone did so. Be <laughs> Hopefully uh, Hank could, uh, can teach you some stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, once you, once you get it down though, I mean, it's just, it's easy yeah. from then on, just like kind of most everything else is. But you'll be fine. You'll be all right. <laughs> but you're talking about talking about your pa this past season. I, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there. I mean, it looked like you struggled the first couple tournaments, and then it looks like you found them. It looks like you found a groove that that back yeah. half of the season. Now that being said, are are you a fall angler? Are you comfortable in the fall, or are you just you just like your grind? Yeah, I don't know. I like drawing terms for sure. When it's tougher, I do better. But um, no, normally I'm not fishing in the fall of deer hunting. So uh, I was scared fishing in November and stuff like that. I do a little bit around here. I used to when it was good. But uh, I guess it just worked out because it was like a chattering punching deal in the fall, you know, just stuff. Yeah, it was just random, like a random bite, you know, letting no patterns that everybody could find. It was just. One here and one there, and uh, I guess uh, there's a lot of luck involved. But now, like I said, these last four tournaments were probably my worst practices. Uh, I did, I don't know how they did the top 20 or 25, whatever, but um, it, it, it I don't know, I, that's my that's what I keep saying. And me, Brock, and Hank, we uh, that's the way all run together. and
I know if it cut out, it all went black. Uh, yeah, it cut out for a half a second. Yeah, the, the figure out the first like the first couple tournaments. It, it sucks that we're going back to St. John's because that was like my worst finish both years in a row. And it, it's it's weird. It's Southern angler. I think going to St. John's River where it's all shallow water fishing and stuff like that, black water, that I would be good. I just can't figure it out. I don't know. Hopefully, I can this time. <laughs> I think he's talking about the crappie. Scott said, uh, "Revert, where is the sacolate at?" I think he's. Is that what the? That's how you spell the crappie that you guys call down there. Yeah, that's crappie. Yeah, crappie. <laughs> I've never heard or seen that used anywhere. That's that's kind of cool though. It's like, like, South, South I ten down here. It's like the main interstate over here. So. <laughs> We're going to have to yeah. use that in the north just to confuse the heck out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're not lying to them, but they don't want to, you're scared to actually what it is. I'm like, what is that they're talking about? Like, oh, they were about a tree in the middle of Sacolade. Yeah. I'm going to be doing that this winter when we're going crappie fishing through the ice. And we're like, what are you guys fishing for? Sacolate? And they're like, what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to be real confused. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that ice fishing. That's, uh, it's not it my favorite. No. I, I, I could think of better things to do. Yeah, I can think of a lot of better things to do, but it puts food on the table. Yeah. That, yeah. Well, why don't you do it before it freezes? You know, fill up the freezers. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're bass fishing. It's true. Yeah. Usually when I do go through the very limited time I do go through the ice, it is for bass. But uh, we, we got my family got four deer in the freezer right now, but we're uh, – we do like some uh, some bluegill or some Lakers or something like that, but it yeah. it is kind of addicting at, at times to watch little little marks come up on two D just constantly just just stupid little panfish. So it's yeah. it takes for like a couple hours and then you're like, all right, let's go. Yeah, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah I did a rod all pros and stuff. I mean, I never done it, but I fished in like 18, 20 degree weather. I don't know why I was even there. Yeah, it's uh, it takes a whole different breed of fishermen up here in the in the fall or early spring to get out there and spend a good chunk of the day. Yeah, up there for sure. <laughs> I mean, Andy, that the the Douglas tournament on Lake Erie was twenty seven, twenty eight that morning. We blasted off. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. It was it was a bad bit chilly. And uh, when you're in uh. 21 PHX going by everyone too. That doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so that that was right before Fork Tyler. I fished with Destin in that event. We had 29.3 for five on Lake Erie. Yeah, that's great. It was fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's a lot. That's a big smallie. <laughs> Some jelly. We had three over six, one just under, and then one that was like five-ish, five and a quarter. Damn. Small. It was fun. It's small. <laughs> Dance. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> well, That's dude, great. we uh, we really want to talk to you because the, the, one of our biggest questions for you, and it's, it's evident through your social media, is, is staying healthy, staying active. Um, and – my first question with with that is, where did that stem from? Did that was that started like from being a deckhand where you kind of 
you got to be fit to be a deckhand. I feel like a deckhand, you're constantly moving, constantly doing stuff, and you you can't be you know lollygagging whatsoever. Is, is that where that stemmed from, or something else? Uh, no, I think it came from just uh, like back in my days, like in high school, I think I was like 110 pounds, maybe. Like if I'm lucky, I was just like skin and bone, and uh, I got into college, and I just didn't like it. And, uh, me and my buddy started going to the gym together, and uh, ever since then, I've, I've been hooked. It's, I think that's what we said. It takes like 20, 21 days straight, and then you're hooked. Like once you start doing it for three weeks, and uh, I think it becomes like a pattern, you know. It's a good pattern that I came into, and uh, I've been doing it for I don't even know, like eight years now, seven years now, just trying not to miss a day. But I mean, it's just like any other sport; you get hurt. That's how I ruptured my disc and went back. Not doing something smart. Uh, I was dead left and went out and fell. And uh, I dropped the weight. So I catch it again and it just blew it out. And then, uh, but no, it's, it, I feel I feel it for sure. Like it's staying healthy like that. Like you're on the boat all day, 24 7, basically for the elites and uh, from daylight to dark. And uh, you definitely got to be fit to be out there all day. Every Keeps going out, but uh, it's probably my connection. We got that uh, the great value down here. Yeah, <laughs> our buddy. We, we actually had a comment. <laughs> yeah, our buddy Rich Hellabass. He he runs a, a really good channel uh, himself, and he commented here. He goes, "It's the Bayou Internet." <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, <laughs> we got to share with all the animals and gators down here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, definitely staying like fit for sure. It, it, and it's another like motivational deal, you know. It's something like, especially like all day after fishing, you just like mad at yourself or something if you didn't do a good tournament. That's when I don't when I suck at a tournament. That's my best time to work out. I'm just so mad, like my adrenaline just blowing, and uh, it just gets you back in the game, you know. Like it gives you something, another comp. It's just another hobby. Like, and I just like I just love seeing uh like improvements, like I love getting sore because I know I did something right, you know, maybe get sore and just, uh, you feel it grow and I just, it, it's awesome. I, it, and it helps you, you know? Heck yeah. Sure. But yeah, I mean, what y'all was saying like a year before I got on with that, like on the road stuff, it, it, it sucks going on the road because you can't eat healthy or try to, like I suck at it. Cause you pass up a Taco Bell or something, like, oh man, that's pretty good. And it's so hard. To, <laughs> it's so hard to eat healthy on the road, and uh, I, I wish that I could fix that. I'm gonna try to do it this year. I just started uh, doing more cardio and just more apps. Just, just I don't really do it. So it's a yeah. uh, it, it definitely cardio helps for sure. I mean, standing up for 12 hours, 14 hours a day. Yeah, uh, it it's hard. I mean, I got back problems already. I'm 26, and I got a ruptured disc twice, and I got torn rotator cuff, like a hairline tear, I think. But I feel it every day. At 11, about 11, 12 o'clock every day for a tournament. I gotta like sit because I can't even lift my right arm. It just it just gets oh, I mean, I just suck it up and keep going, you know. It's, I mean, but. Uh, I think hopefully if I if I get there for next year, like make the release after this, and uh, hopefully I, I don't know if I want to do surgery or not on it because like I, I know it's it sucks during uh, the fishing season because it's three weeks at a time, you know, you're fishing. 
I feel it, but I still go to the gym. And it's weird because I'll go to the gym like right after fishing all day and I won't even feel it. Hmm. It's like it goes away at the gym. I don't know. But I'm sure it don't help. That makes it worse, honestly. <laughs> it probably does, but uh, definitely, you definitely got to stay fit. And stuff yeah. If you want to sort of live it, I'd say. Yeah. I'm curious too. So, on the on the business side of things, like so, anglers, it's it's no secret. Like you just mentioned it too. Like you're still in the midst of, you know, that November December time frame. You're trying to get sponsors ready for 2021. Get the business side ready. Have you tried? Because like it's no secret. I mean, anybody can see, you know, the workout working out the you know the gym side of social media is pretty big. Have you tried tapping into like? workout companies so like protein brands workout apparel anything like that to for I'm your trying. i'm trying i say right now and it's just like i'm just waiting on that right one actually like i had one reply for me and i've been waiting all day like, man, I'd be good one. And, uh, it was in my spam when i was looking for y'all uh like to get <laughs> on here i'm like wow i don't know he was like yeah man finish your stuff and everything and so I, I could have missed that deal if y'all wouldn't have said check your spam <laughs> <laughs> well glad it worked <laughs> out yeah, glad we could be of help. <laughs> I mean, you figured everybody would jump on it because, like I tell them all, like it's, it's a new market, and I'm, there's nobody in the fit like on the fitness side in the fishing industry. And, I mean, there's millions and millions of people that fish that watch, and it's everybody wants to get fit once in their life at least. You now, so it's it's definitely a new market. Maybe. I mean, yeah. America is one of the most <laughs> obese nations in the world, so who knows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think especially though with this whole COVID thing, it's become evident of how important living a healthy lifestyle can be, staying active. And I think you see, you know, folks like yourself or like our friend Destin, he likes to run, especially in off season or in between. You see videos of Brandon Polinick and Carl Jockinson working out in between, you know, practice days or tournament days, like on the evenings. And, you know, biggest yeah. one I think is out there is Aaron Martin's running like 30 miles or something on afternoons or whatever but like obviously being physically fit is so crucial i feel like it's almost like a mix of an endemic and a non-endemic that it could play a huge role in the fishing industry i don't know maybe that's just my two cents but i think i think it makes sense it is and i mean it just i think for the most part like uh this year actually i fished more than uh i did the year before the first year keep cutting but uh, it, it looked like it froze. I had to stop. But uh, mm-hmm. the first year, the first year, some of the tournaments, I'm mean, at the practice days. I get off the floor at like one o'clock, two o'clock, and just be done with it and go to the gym. And I actually did like I ended up placing better the first year than the second year. And actually, this year I stayed on the water all day, almost every practice. Cause I had Brock, uh, the guy one of the ones I run with and uh he's always in my ear. He's like, man, you can't get off the water here. He's he's still, still like dark. And uh I just it hurts me and I'm like itching to go to the gym every day. I'm like, man, I need to get off that water and go to the gym. I gotta go, I gotta go. And that's what I did the first year and it worked out because I guess it was part of that reasoning of like not finding so much, you know, and just going with what you had. But, right. But like I said again, it's it sucks when you're fishing for the classic and hundred thousand dollars, and it's your job. You need to find fish, you know. It's like so. I started taking it serious. I'd say more serious, but uh, this year I definitely have to, just if I want to stay. You know, I gotta bump up my average and 
kind of finish where I'm at just a little better. Right. If I could just finish, if I could figure out the beginning of the seasons, uh, I'd do good. And the weird thing is, uh, thinking of it now, like I forgot about that, but uh, like in the opens and stuff, I do a hundred times better at the beginning of the year from like February to June, May, June, than I would at the end of the year. And now it's like vice versa. So I don't know what mm. what, I'm doing, what I'm doing wrong because I love this form. I love going flipper, something like that, like June bug colors on the back. Right. Uh, are you like? Is it like? Do you think it's a mental thing? Like, what adjustments do you think at this point that you need to make for that time frame? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I fish so totally different than what I used to. I know that, but it's so hard to go back to what I was doing because it. I mean, it never really worked out then. I mean, it did around here, but not around like where we're going and stuff. But I, I feel like what I'm doing, I'm more of a, a fast fisher now. I'm throwing a chatterbait, throwing reaction baits like that, and I'll punch just quick. I'm, I'm really quick with punching, just like in and out. Just, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess it's more about getting more bites and covering more water now. But I don't know. I got to figure it out by February, that's for sure. So I'm going to start fishing more down here. I actually want to go make a run over there to St. John's River before it uh, goes off limits. It's just a uh, sucks driving way over there, but I got to do it. If I want to stay fishing yeah. in the elite series, I, you got to make some sacrifices. Yeah. That's right. So when does the new boat come in? Uh, I think January 15th. <laughs> I like pushing it to the limit. <laughs> yeah. I but think we, everyone is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially this year, it was, like, it was just so, I mean, if next year, I think we're ending in like July, August, early August, maybe. So we're going to have way more time next year. But uh, so we got another boat over here that I'll probably use if we would go and just use that. Just figure something out. I, don't know. I used to hate pre-scout. Like, I would never go scout. Like I do it for the opens, especially that year that I was uh, the year I qualified. I was just like so nervous that I'd go to places like three or four times before the tournament would even go or start. And uh, actually, those tournaments were worse for me because, like I said, I had so many spots I had marked. That uh, I was running more than fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, almost too much to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather waypoints all day than 30, 40, you know? Right. I guess it's different if you brush pile fishing or something like that, but like just areas like bank wise and stuff, you know? Right. Fair enough. Yeah, so that being said, then, like, you know, you're talking. Banks in Louisiana. Are you more comfortable shallow than you are out deep? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I never really got fish deep that much. I mean, Toledo Bend's still like four and a half hours away from us, and that's that's the closest water we got that's deep. You know, that ledge fishing and stuff like that. And, and I used to go a lot when I was in college, almost every weekend. I tried to make it up there and fish. I had some buddies from college that lived up there. And, I stay with them, and we all go fishing. So I learned a lot from there. And uh, where I really, really learned the uh, ledge fish was at Pickwick because we were there every year for college fishing for that OUS championship. And I was mm -hmm. never – if anybody wants to learn how to ledge fish, you got to go to Pickwick and learn because there's nothing else on the bottom besides fish. So when you graph it, you'll see fish so easily. Hmm. That's cool. Well, so it nice. sounds like you're really looking forward to Pickwick. Yeah, I am. I, I've been saying it for the past few years. Like, yeah, I wish I could go to Pickwick. And I know it's gonna it's gonna kick me in the butt 
because I want to go there so bad. But, uh, and I got like one of those spots in places. I got so many spots on there just from going for five years in a row almost. So. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm ready to go because almost every time I just go front fishing, I, I do pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Heck yeah, it's going in with an open mind. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, dude. Yeah. But I've never been to Neely Henry or. Uh, Bye, you internet. Good old oh. bye. You yeah. back? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. What are you saying? Nah, you're good, man. I had to go check my gauge. No, the only the two places I haven't been was Neely Henry and uh, the, the Knoxville tournament. So I don't know how that's going to play out. They seem like tough areas. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll when see is it. that Knoxville tournament? Is that February or is it the beginning of March? I think it's it's, uh, it's right after St. John. I think. It, yeah, oh, man, it could yeah. be snowing at that no. tournament. Hmm. Right. You can see you can see they have pain in his face. I'm gonna be the only one out there with hunting clothes on because that's all cold weather stuff. <laughs> I was watching um, a video the other day of a guy in Vermont, and what he does is if it snows or rains when he's out fishing. He'll open up all of his compartments when he gets off the water so they don't freeze. And he took yeah. pool noodles and cut them in little sections and sli like slice the slit in them and put them on all of his rod lockers to stop them from freezing before he yeah. has cover over. Yeah. So That's a little smart. tip for the Southern guy. <laughs> no, I, I, I probably should do that because I, I remember one college term with me and Buddy Jasper fishing at uh, Sam Raver. And it got really, really cold like that. It was like 20s, and everything was frozen because it rained, and then it got 20 degrees. So everything was frozen, and the carpet on my, uh, the bass boat was uh, frozen, like the lockers and stuff. And we had to get our running light out. We were like 10 boats in front of us. We were checking out. We were leaving. I was banging on it, hitting it with water, everything. It wouldn't come out, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take it that uh, you you know Scott here because he claims to have just shot your deer. <laughs> yeah, he says thank you for feeding. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm calling the game for slow after hours. He can have the deer. I got enough deer meat. I just want that rack. Like this is how bad this deer's been killed. I've been having dreams about it, like waking up sweating. And my head was right there, and I wake up. So, <laughs> I need Sounds like it's just destiny, then. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like you need to go take a nap in the woods, and you'll wake up, and he'll be right there. Oh, yeah. I, I got something planned for him, huh? I think what it is, I think he's, like, seeing me come in or something, or snap on me, because I, I hunted in different winds, and he's just never comes. And Like, the other morning, I was bringing my sister over there to uh, try to kill a deer. They had a big safe point on there, too. And I passed on him. I wish I'd shot him. But uh, we left the stand at like nine, and at ten o'clock, that that non that big deer passed. So huh. he, he's just so I'm gonna sit. It's, it's at the bottom of a little where the, the ground blind is and uh, where the feed is at. So I'm gonna sit on top of the ridge one day with a rifle because I really want to get him with my bow. But now it's just now it's just he's just playing deadly games with. Me. Now he's teasing you. He's making <laughs> <me> mad. Bring <laughs> out the artillery at this point. Uh, it's, it's, it's 
But it's it's kind of cool though, and not to get off on too of a big tangent, but when you build a relationship with a deer like that, and you're tracking him and his your his movements, it's it's actually kind of eerily similar to trying to pattern bass. And that's yeah. what I think a lot of guys translate. It's like you see like a Clark Winlet who's a big deer hunter, Matt Airy's a big deer hunter, Brian Thrift. I mean, you see there's relationships there, especially when it comes to like the the mental aspect and like trying to piece together the puzzle. I think it's very similar, a lot more similar than people actually. It definitely you know, is. I mean, if you think about it, they all got bed and areas. They all eat. They all, and you all, you're just trying to be in, the, in between. And yeah. it's just like fishing. You're trying to figure out where they're at. And you want to be where they're going to, you know, you don't want right. to be where they are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And like you hear guys talk about it all the time. Like they're, they're talking about, you know, the fish they're around. They're like, yeah, I think I just have more fish just coming to me. They're just coming to me. And it's just like here where you're trying to set yourself up, but you're trying to be where they're going to come to you. I think, I, I think it's pretty similar. That's just yeah. pretty similar. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely so that's why I tell a lot of uh, high school kids when I talk to them like if the number one thing is one you want to fish your shrimps fish what you like to do and then two you want to find the fish that are coming to you and the ones that are leaving so right heck yeah that's a great because I forget that <laughs> <laughs> like a bite like a frog bite I didn't know that's not gonna be there for the tournament I still go to it and I still don't catch them I'm like I, I just know where they were going you know right. But, Oh, why did I do that? Yeah, <laughs> you, you got to. You know, you catch five pounds of dinner. You got to go try. It. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> but, no, it, it definitely with the deer hunting, it, it relates just like bass fishing. You know, you just got to pass them and you got to cut them off. Yeah. But you, we can't throw feed for bass fishing, so I guess that's short. <laughs> Sprinkle out some accent for them. They all come to you. What, what was it that what was it that was a thing like the bait cloud or what, the little balls that they throw out? What was that called? Mm. You know what I'm talking about? about? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Something like that. They're like the little like golf balls that you throw out, and apparently you're supposed to attract fish. Oh really? Yeah, I don't oh, know. Never heard that. It's like the it was like a, it's probably like, banned. Probably. I all I know <laughs> is I worked at Field Stream for three years and like we got like a shipment of like six of them in, and over the three years, those same six stayed on the shelf and never moved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you say that's like probably damn, but man, it's just thinking about all these electronics that are coming out with these days, dude. That's crazy. Like, just thinking another 10 years, like, where we're probably gonna know the name of a fish. Like, like they're gonna make you, uh, you're gonna have like coaster. Yeah meet like pair up with hummingbird and they're gonna have like infrared sensors where you put on shades where you could see where all the fish are or something that's what it's, it's like gonna Jetsons. be like <laughs> really not an idea what's that i guess that's what we're getting to now the sunglasses would they literally show the fish but I think we'd, I think we'd have to ban that and that'd be able to not like I mean, anybody could do it then, you know. Yeah, you're gonna see a uh, a post from Garmin that they're they're partnering with Google Glasses. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're gonna know what's up. <laughs> yep, that's right. But uh, Zeb Matthews asked if you have any experience fishing Lake Hartwell. Any spotted bass secrets? Um, I I have. I fished there twice, and I did good both times, which is weird because I fished offshore both times, but uh. 
Uh, no, they're they're fun. That was one of my favorite lakes to go to. But um, we went in April, and that was a fun bite because I was catching them on that wacky worm or uh, the Nico rig. Same, I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, I <laughs> fell in love with it over there. And, uh, actually, that tournament I've kept that Nico rig in my hand almost every tournament last year because of that tournament. Just it, it I, I was so patterned for that April tournament at Hartwell this this year that passed. It, I was so like confident going in the tournament, and it actually worked. You know, they were at every spot, like on the shoals and stuff like that. And then nobody else was doing it too, so it was like pretty cool. Like, I finally found Heck something yeah. it's doing. So, I mean, it worked out, and uh, I lost a few fish that have put me in the top twelve, top ten, to make it to the last day. But uh, man, that Hartwell's it's fun, especially throwing a pop on on the shoals in like April, May. But I mean, I've, I've never fished it in a fall. I know it gets harder stuff like that when they toss the spinning fall in a heron. But uh, in the year or a couple years before that, I was fishing the ABA championship over there. And it was the same time in April. And I was catching one like a Carolina rig, really dragging the shoals with a fluke and throwing a uh, War Eagle spinner bait in like blue heron. I actually. That's the tournament I found out why they call a blue heron spinner being blue heron. Like, I, I realized it. I thought it was the birds, like the blue heron down here. But uh, it's actually just the blue heron fish. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that, that was a fun bite over there. When I caught it on that spinner bait. It was like 20 mile an hour winds and crashing in on a shoal. And I wasn't on anything really because everything was like they were all spawning and I suck at sight fishing. And uh, I got behind the shoal where it was all that mud water washing through. And it was like every cast in that mud water with that spinner bait. I was catching four and five pound spots. That was Sheesh. that was fun. That was the coolest bite because it was like one of them bites where you just reel a spinner bait and it just goes slap. You reel as fast as you can, you still can't keep up with them. Yeah, that's, that's sweet. Absolute riot. Heck yeah. You know, Hartwell's pretty fun. I like Hartwell. I wish we were going back there every year. <laughs> well, dude, go, real quick question because I know Andy had wanted to ask you this too. Uh, going back to the uh, the staying healthy, you know, on the road, complete opposite of that. If you are not eating healthy, where are you going? Huh? I'd say uh, Taco Bell and B Dubs. B Dubs. Yeah, a lot wings. Or like a, I like some chicken wings. If, but, if you ever come through Buffalo, just hit me up. We are yeah. the home of the chicken wings. Uh-huh. So you'll never go to Buffalo Wild Wings again after coming through Buffalo. Oh, I bet. Well, actually, we're we're not allowed to do Buffalo Wild Wings this year coming because uh, every time like me, Brock, and Hank went this year, it was always like terrible, terrible food or service. Every time Hank came, was and I, my food always turned out great, but it was always Hank that had something wrong with his food or the service sucked. So they're <laughs> not allowing him back next year. So we got to go find something else. But. Yeah, but Buffalo is home of the. Uh, I don't think is there even a Buffalo Wild Wings in Buffalo. There is one, and it's right by my house, and it's horrible. Yeah, you never go. There. Everybody will. Everybody will laugh at you if you go to Buffalo Wild Wings in Buffalo. They have like these smaller shop, smaller little restaurants and like pubs. Yeah. Dude, I'm just telling you, the wings and the beer are. You you don't know wings and beer until you go to Buffalo. Well, I'm going to have to try it. We're going to be passing through there, I guess, for the most part. Oh, yeah. close to there. Now, so. if you go through Rochester, where I'm from, you'll have to get a garbage plate, which is even worse. But so much – if <laughs> it's like – it's a weird way to put it. It is the best dinner, but also, like, the greatest way to cure a hangover. 
Oh, yeah. It's got like a baked burger or something with some eggs on it and stuff like that. Kind of, it's close. It's, <laughs> close, yeah. A, a garbage plate is like two hamburger patties, hash browns, and then mac and cheese or mac salad. Yeah. You match it all together. Oh, okay. Sounds, sounds like two pounds right. of garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Looking up all that alcohol, you know. Oh yeah. I guess another thing with the fitness stuff too is it sucks because beer's pretty good, you know. Right. <laughs> it don't help when you drink that. So I try try not drinking as much now. I'll drink like I do. It'll be like Tito's or something, like some vodka and you know, water. Right. Yeah. Heck Less yeah. carbs. Less yeah. calories. Carbs. <laughs> right. Well, dude, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here in a second, but uh, we got. Uh, one more question that we're going to ask you. We like to ask everybody who's new to the show. But uh, if any of the folks watching right now, if you guys have any questions last minute here, be sure to submit those down and we'll get those obviously to Tyler. Looks uh, like we just had a couple things fly in. We had, uh, well, Logan was commenting at Zeb Matthew saying he's trying to get the secrets, but uh, I think they're just jabbing at each other. But uh, Tyler, uh, our, our last question for you here is. Uh, if you could sit down, say, I have a, have a steak and a Tito's with uh, any three people in the world, whether they're alive or not, they could be alive 400 years ago or they could be alive currently. If you could sit down with three people, have a steak, have a Tito's, and pick these three people's brains, who are you going to invite? And they don't have to be the fishing industry. Cool. Anybody. Load it. Load it. <laughs> yes. The face I the love fairy. the reaction every time. Like I know <laughs> I point this out every time, but the reactions are priceless. Man, so I gotta pick three people to eat with, and then three people to bring. No, so just three no, people. Just three. You're having steaks. You're having Tito's, and you're gonna have three people sit down with you, pick their brain. Who so are you gonna invite? The camp for us. <laughs> What's that? So that sounds like every day at the camp for us. <laughs> steaks and Tito's, but uh. Man, this this sucks. Well, one I'd have to mark down would probably be like Rick Vaughn, of course, because one of the best out there. You want to learn everything. But uh, two. Um, oof, I have the steak. Man, it's, it's gonna cost me. I'm. A, you know what's gonna happen? I'm gonna get off the show. I'm gonna go to sleep or something tonight. Man, well, I couldn't think of that. Son but, of a uh, gun. <laughs> happens all the time. Yeah, I'm gonna call you back and be like, I know who it is. <laughs> Change my answer. Tell the people. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Um, any athletes or anything growing up? Any like childhood heroes, stuff like that? Man, well, yeah, I got my like mind going crazy right now. I'm trying to <laughs> and it couldn't be a Saints player because before Drew Brees, the Saints were terrible. So yeah, I Aaron, maybe Ricky uh, Williams. Yeah, I want to bring up Aaron Brooks. Let's let's put him in there. Not that one. Aaron Brooks. Quarterback before Drew Brees. Okay. No, I'm joking. I don't want that. Oh. <laughs> no. That was totally sarcastic. Uh, man, three people. Yeah, y'all got me here. I don't know. All right. I'm start with the the next one. So you got Rick Clun. Uh -huh. uh, but the next one is the first person you're gonna call if you're trying to have a good time. Have a good time. Man, I, now, now you eliminated me because I just got I got some of my buddies call every time. I got one of my best like my best friend Quinn. Probably him. 
because we could always do well i mean we grew up fishing together like from before high school you know that's who me and him we fish every tournament we're used to and, yeah uh, yeah but i wouldn't invite him I mean, I <laughs> but i would invite <laughs> 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 Just give him the boot right out well, loud. Like, yeah. We're about to give we're about to give Quinn a shout out, but never mind. We're going to track that. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry Quinn. Quinn. <laughs> Not invited. I Y'all got me here. Uh. Mm, let's see. Oh, I got him. Anything? Okay. Anybody from any time? Anybody? Yeah. From, they could be alive thousand years ago. Doesn't matter. Okay. I'm going to have to go with Lord save Jesus Christ. There you go. And then my last one, Donald Trump. <laughs> That's quite a trio. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> definitely cool. That's a president definitely. of the United States, Jesus, and Rick Clun. <laughs> All legends. <laughs> I don't know. It's obviously fishing. It's a fishing talk show, so i got to have somebody from fishing, you know. Right, yeah, and then Bill has and Rick Hunt. Yeah, he is a legend. Hey, it's funny. Uh, last year we were at the we were at Lake Fork. We were all staying like around the same area. And Rick Hunt was staying by us, and uh, and and he walked up while there was like eight of us just sitting there talking, and we all just shut up and just lock, listened to what he said. Like we dropped, we forgot what we were even talking about. He started talking, and we were just all. Zoned in, so it's pretty cool. I, I wish that kid was one of the few. Yeah, like, I wish I get to talk to him more. But like, it's just like one of those things where it's like you know, it's Rick Klein. Like, <laughs> 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 I'm just compared to him, you know. But heck yeah. yeah. Well, I think one of the coolest things I hear about him though is like it, it doesn't matter. I think who you are, especially you know what kind of pedestal you're on, or what whether you're on the elites competing with him or you're just at a random kid going up trying to learn everything. I feel like he's willing to talk to you. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can see through that. So I think that's what's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot of experience. Sure. Oh, heck yeah. yeah. Well, dude, Tyler, we want to, uh, we want to thank you for taking time out here, you, out here and talk with us. We, uh, we appreciate you. We appreciate the, uh, the Bayou internet connection and, Holding uh, strong yeah. for uh, the whole show tonight. So we appreciate thank it, man. Y'all actually only got probably 20 minutes of this thing, actually. The rest of it, like, oh, thank God. I cut out for that. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> but, uh, no, but, but, dude, thank you for that. Definitely. I'll come back anytime. You're bored enough to have yeah. it. Thanks, man. Heck yeah, dude. You are always welcome. And uh, when you're swinging up here north, we'll have to, we'll have to link up and Get some Get chicken, some chicken wings. Yeah. Not at B-dubs, huh? Not at B-dubs, no. Not at B-dubs. We're gonna, we'll show you the, the real stuff. Yeah, definitely. i have to bring some food up here, uh, some, some Cajun food. Oh, that's, yeah, that's one thing I was going to say earlier, that you said you were 40 minutes or something south of New Orleans, right? Oh, yeah. yeah I was going to say, you're probably eating good down there. Oh, yeah. Too good. <laughs> that's <laughs> Too good. Too good. Yeah, it's easy for everybody up north to eat, uh, eat healthy and stuff and stay fit because the food up there sucks. So, like, <laughs> you can't eat it. You know, like, down here, we got so much good food and seasoning and stuff. Like, you got to eat it. Like, we got gumbo every day. We got stews. We got 
crawfish, mm -hmm. boiled crawfish, crab, shrimp, no matter. Oysters. See, yeah. I've had gumbo, but I want to have Louisiana, like the tried and true. Yeah, you ain't had no real. No. <laughs> <laughs> the slight bubble, but yeah, that gumbo ain't real gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, we'll have to make a trip somehow. That would be pretty sweet. Or you bring us up some. But either way, dude, we're going to link up. But you are always welcome on the show, dude. It was uh, it was a blast having you on. And uh, we'll be yeah, looking forward to Good luck in 2021. Yeah, we'll be yeah. cheering you on, dude. I appreciate it, man. See y'all. Y'all stay safe. Yeah, yeah you yeah, too. You take care. Have a good care. night, man. Later. That was cool. Sweet. I'm glad the, uh, as Rich called it, the uh, the Bayou Internet Connection. <laughs> <laughs> the Bayou Internet. Yeah. Woo. It, it really is pretty dang difficult, I have to imagine. Just because, like, you know, like talking to Destin, like who an Elite Series pro that we're very close with, you know, the schedule that they have, it is it got to be extremely difficult to maintain, like, a, tr a true healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So, I Absolutely. mean, a huge credit to him for, for doing – obviously, because he's, he's doing better than most. I mean, if you watch him on social media, he's – obviously, and, like, listen to him talk, too. He hits the gym as much as yeah. possible, stays, you know, cardio. I think that's one of the biggest things for anglers is cardio, like he mentioned, because you're on that – you're on the boat deck for – Sun up to sun down. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I know I get home thing. from from fishing for like six hours. I'm like, I just want to take a nap. So any credit <laughs> to those guys for working out afterwards. Oh heck yeah. Yeah, it, it takes a lot, but uh it's it, I mean, especially you gotta think about it. Like we've talked about this on the show before. You take like a St. Clair that can get pretty rowdy or like a you know, take like a Chris Johnson, right? Where the lake was open this year for St. Lawrence. And he was out main lake. Throttled that last day. Throttled. Yeah. And it was what, five, six footers, something like that, out of the West. And, you know, you got to think about that. Like, what if, you know, those are winning fish out there. These guys are competing for 100 grand. There's a big money on the line. They're, a guy like Chris Johnson is going to risk that, you know, every day in practice and throughout the tournament if that means that the winning fish are going to be right there and there's a chance that he can access them. That beats yeah. the crap out of you physically. Like you go to bed sore at night, you wake up sore, you dread that ride. Just fishing like two foot waves all day throttles oh, yeah. the crap out. You can't even imagine six footers. Yeah. You, you just Especially can't. Andrew Poole's driving. <laughs> I'm just Let her rip. Let her rip, <laughs> bud. Let her rip. <laughs> Quick story. Andrew uh, and I went fishing, and Andrew uh, was gracious to let my dad come out with us uh, one day during the spawn in Erie. And uh, it was a, it was a Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah. It was a Saturday because the, the harbor was packed with boats. Like The worst boat. part was I wasn't even running wide open. I was running like three-quarter throttle. Well, because we had freaking like these the speedboat waves coming from every which direction. So like – Trying to read that was crazy. The like, it, yeah. So basically, Andrew's driving, obviously, and my dad's in the seat. Well, Andrew doesn't have three seats, so I am stuck to the hard boat plastic middle seat, and I was my back and my butt were destroyed, and I did not hear the end of it because of you two. <laughs> but I mean, and that's the craziest part. Like my boat will run like fifty eight, and I was running like forty five. I wasn't running wide open. I was running yeah. to a point where I could keep my bow down, so I didn't just drive straight nose up. 
Right. So it's like you almost have to. I felt I I apologized. I was like, man, I'm sorry. Your butt's gonna hurt tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think my spine hurt more than anything else. Yeah, I gotta but get either it. way. That was a fun day just to watch my dad squeal like a little kid again, watching oh, small mouth so hard. That was such a fun day. Well, we'll have to see if we can get him out again. But heck yeah, yeah. But dude, that was a good episode. That was a lot of fun talking to Tyler. Hope we can have him on again, and uh, hopefully has a successful season. Hopefully he overcomes the February to to April time frame hump yeah. through his late series career. I mean, it's dude, it's it's evident. I mean, you look at you know, let's say let's take 2019. He starts out you know 65, 53, 65, and then it goes 18, 44. Uh, 15, 17, like, so he obviously does well to the later of the seat, the latter of the season, 2020, same thing, 74, 79, 79, then 40, then 26, 23, 40, 25. So there, there's a, there's a trend here. So, so I think we learned something from the trend. Tyler is a great second half fantasy fishing pick. Yeah. I think that's a great observation. <laughs> you know, Rich should be taking notes right now from us. <laughs> <laughs> But no, that that's a great observation. I think, I think it's an adjustment that he's going to have to make through when the times are when everyone's slugging away. I think he needs to figure out a way to to know, grind and survive. Exactly that, but also I think he talks about moving too much. I think yes, you want to move around and practice, but I think when it comes to tournament day, especially during that spawn time frame. Maybe even pre-spawn time frame. I, I'm not too sure on the pre-spawn in the south, but especially during the spawn, where if they're going to be spawners, there's going to be more around. So I think he just need, maybe he needs to slow down a little bit more during the spawn time frame. Disagree or agree? Uh, yeah, I agree. He definitely. Because I saw that face, and that was a disagree. That was an Andrew. I disagree with you face. Oh no, I was actually reading a message from Tyler. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was going to say, I was like. I was like, here we go. We're going to have one of our debates on lives here. <laughs> but I, I mean, I, I, that's I, what I think. I think in spawn, when you find spawners, you need to slow down because there's probably more there than you realize. Uh, I will throw a kitchen sink at a good fish until I move. Mm-hmm. So, Well, I think pre-spawn too, if you run into fish, I mean, at least in the north, chances are there's going to be 30 more fish with that fish. There's a reason why just, they're there. It just depends on when they decide to eat. Right, right. So maybe it's maybe he's moving too much. I don't know. I think either way he's going to figure that out. I think you know that comes with experience. So I think he, so too. Yeah, he sees the gap, and I think he's gonna he's gonna fix it. But it's obvious, you know, when times get tougher, though, that's when he shines. He likes to grind, as he said. So, but I think beyond that, I uh, for me, the rest of them tonight and tomorrow, I am going to be organizing all my tackle to get ready for next year. Um. I think that's really about it. I we're waiting for ice season. What about you? Um, waiting for my captain's license book to come in. My marine merchant thing. I got the approval today. Yes. So my red book is coming so soon. I will be booking trips on Lake Erie and the Upper Niagara for some big smallmouth fishing, and then um, I don't know what I have going on. It's Christmas week, so it's. Pretty strenuous week. I have to finish my Christmas shopping either tomorrow or Wednesday. <laughs> oh, you lazy bum. <laughs> it's not for me. Um, all my stuff is done for Amanda and Emmy. Uh, we just had to get two things for my brother and his girlfriend. Uh, so they're pretty easy. It'll take like I hope they're watching. 
So they know that you slacked this year. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, but other yeah. than that, I mean, if anybody wants to come organize my tackle, they are more than welcome to. It is like a bomb went off between fishing in other people's boats, fishing in my boat, shore fishing, just doing all kinds of crazy stuff. All my tackles in like 35 different boxes where it's not supposed to be. So anybody, <laughs> I'm not paying you, but you can come organize it if you want. <laughs> I'm so, I enjoy that part. So I will do it for the price of two 110s. I just said I'm not paying you. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you can't pay with product. <laughs> yeah, but one tens are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about fair. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, speaking of one tens, is that a one? Yeah, it's a plus one. Yeah, plus one. Nice. And uh, deadly black shad. Interesting. This is one of my favorite favorite colors. I'm not telling you when I throw it, but this is one of my favorite <laughs> colors. But it's not. I like the one with the orange belly a little better. This one has the pearlescent purple belly. It's all my fingers right now. My favorite color, especially for clear water, is a pro blue. Pro blue is good. Um, yeah. The matte emerald shad caught me a lot of fish this spring. That's an interesting topic that I think we should talk about in a future podcast is fishing matte colors over, obviously, your iridescence. Or foil shinies. Right. I think that's what I was trying to get at for iridescence because I think that's, you know, the shiny. Is there, is there a difference, you think? I think iridescence are, like, almost like a clear but translucent color. Yeah. But I think that would be, so, be a good rabbit hole to go down with somebody. Maybe we get Nick Kuzvis back on because he's, like, the jerkbait master. Oh, now we're thinking. Yeah. I think that would be a good episode. If, if you guys I, – I see we saw some folks here that are tuning in. Yeah, throw some topic ideas too in, in the comments or reach out to us on social media. I mean, if you're listening on the podcast, you know, tomorrow you're tuning in to MP3, uh, you know, let us know some different topics that we could have uh, some folks on to discuss, especially when it comes to baits too, because that's something that we, we've been interested in talking about. Um, but I think that really does it for us tonight, dude. That was, that was a fun episode with Tyler. Heck yeah. And, uh, Wednesday, for Wednesday's episode, episode, excuse me, we're having on Matt Pangrak. Uh, Bassmaster Opens Angler. Uh, he's doing all the Opens for next year. So we're going to go through the Open schedule with him for 2021. We're going to talk about that. And uh, Matt, as well, is a co-host on Bass Talk Live. So if you live under a rock in the fishing podcast game, check out Bass Talk Live because they do. They're probably the 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 OG is what they, you know they say. The OG, the epitome of bass fishing talk shows. Um, so I'd say BTL is, is the place to, to go. And we're going to have a lot of fun talking to Matt Pangrak tomorrow night. And, uh, he do, he just missed the elite series and Ugh. it's going to be so awesome to see a day when he actually qualifies because he, he, I think he, he really busts his tail. I think that's like, when you talk about, you know, you know, it's another, another great show straight cast. They talk about the proper Bassin man. I think that's Matt Pangrak. That's who I think. But Nominated. Yeah, we're going on tangents now. But uh, as always, guys, we appreciate uh, you guys tuning in to join us, asking questions, getting involved. Uh, and we appreciate all the support. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. As always, thank you guys again for tuning in. Have a good night. Stay safe. Yeah. Happy uh, early Christmas. Did I say happy? I said happy Christmas. You did. Not, we need that in the broadcast here. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Wednesday.